With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Uh, do you mind? We're, uh, we're playing through. Here's Froggy and Lacker. Hey, it's Froggy from Elvis Duran, the uh, morning show, along with Wacker. And we're here to recap the amazing U.S. Open that was. There are so many storylines, Wacker. That came out of the U.S. Open real quick. If you want to get us anywhere, we're on Twitter at PlaythroughGolf, uh, at Brian Wacker one and at Froggy Radio, also on Instagram as well. So where do we start? Obviously, congratulations to Brooks Kepka. But uh, what storyline do you want to get into first, Wacker? <laughs> really, there were storylines. You know, it just seemed like a pretty uh, mundane week uh, to me. You know, uh, you know, the crazy thing is, look um, – through the first couple of days, it, it sort of it felt, quite honestly, a bit dull. Um, the crowds were actually down a bit this year. I don't know if that was part of it being on uh, the eastern end of Long Island and all the traffic nightmares that occurred, and, and um, you know, but the event was not sold out. Uh, it sort of felt very flat, and then and then Saturday happened. Saturday, everything. Yes, yeah, Saturday, Saturday really changed things. For example, now. You were there. You watched it. Do you feel like they lost the golf course? Zach Johnson really held nothing back, said they had lost the golf course. It was in awful shape. I saw a couple putts. I saw one, for example, from Justin Rose. He barely breathed on it. It rolled 35, 40 feet past the hole. It, it, did, did they lose the course on Saturday? You know, I'm, I'm not one to generally say they did because I like these guys having to deal with uh, – those problems but to your point whether it was justin rose's putt uh i saw ian poulter hit a really terrific bunker shot that landed well short of the hole on saturday and just kind of trickled to the hole and kept going right um and it rolled and it rolled off the green it was it was incredible um so yes they lost the golf course and they admitted they lost the golf course which is amazing because you go back to the last time they were at shinnecock in 2004, and that was a disaster. They knew they couldn't have another disaster like that, and that's exactly what happened. You know, last year was uh, a bit of a mess uh, with a golf course that didn't feel like a U.S. Open because you had fairways that were 60, 70 yards wide. Right, at Aaron Hills. Uh, yeah, at Aaron Hills, and at Shinnecock, you know, when they, when they sort of first started to set the place up for this, 
the fairways were pretty wide. And then I think Aaron Hills happened, and they started to bring him in because um, they were nervous. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a problem with the with the fairways. The fairways were nice. I liked the fact that the rough was high. If you hit it in the rough, you were really chopping out and then hoping to get up and down for par on a par four or or, or not getting there in two on a par five. I've got no issue with that. I understand that's part of U.S. Open golf. However, I saw on Thursday it was Jordan's second shot out of the bunker on hole number two. The Mm -hmm. ball landed short of the pin, rolled off, he chipped it up, got it on the green, it rolled off again. I knew then that it was going to be rough. But Saturday was completely unacceptable the way that the greens were set up. And they had to know this. Some of the pin placements were ridiculous. They were on edges. Yeah. They were on hills. I mean, they they had to know going in, the superintendent of that golf course and the superintendent of the USGA had to know that it was questionable as they teed off on Saturday. Well, the incredible thing to me is that, you know, look, I walked around the golf course Saturday morning and thought, boy, it, it feels like it's going to get awfully crispy out here in, uh, you know, by this afternoon. And sure enough, it did. And then you looked at the pin placements, to your point, and boy, some of those were in really, really bad positions. I mean, they were using pin positions, frankly, that they've never even used before. Right. So, um, it was just, it was incredible that they put some of those pins where they did and somehow claimed on Saturday night that, you know, they got wind that they did not expect. Look, it, it's Eastern Long Island. Do you think the wind's not going to blow? Right. I, I, I don't understand what, you know, what the logic was. And sure, some of the forecasts may have been off. Um, but again, you've got to account for that happening. So, it's just amazing to me that they let the golf course get away. And then on Sunday, what happened was Saturday was such a disaster that, you know, they set the course up with a lot of pins basically in the middle of the green, which was another disaster. And, and the course played now, look, the course didn't play easy, but it played more than three shots easier than the day before. So to me, that, that just doesn't, you know, that just doesn't line up. To me, I, you know, I don't know. I would have rather seen, given the conditions, I would have rather seen the setup on Sunday, on Saturday, and then see, and then don't water the green, you know, sort of um, go with a tougher setup Sunday. But it, they clearly let it get away from them, and it, and it turned into another embarrassment. Right, it really was. It was a problem. Now, also on Saturday, the big, big story Saturday was Phil. Now, you and I have not discussed this whatsoever, so I want to go ahead nope. and get your take on Phil first. What We all saw what happened. There's no judgment there. What do you think should have been done? Well, if you if anybody's read my column on, on golfdigest.com, and yourself included, um, he should have been disqualified. Absolutely. Period. He um, should have been disqualified. If that was Tiger Woods who did that, Oh, he would have been given a hard time. People would have said he had no respect for the game. People would have said he needs to get over himself. He would have been grilled, and it never would have ended. It would have been a career moment for Tiger that we would have talked about for years. But when it comes to Phil, for some reason, he gets a pass, and he didn't get disqualified. That was a complete a complete intentional uh, going against the rules. He knew exactly what he was doing there. He knew that ball was going to roll off the green. 
and he was going to at least take two shots to get back up on and have a chance at it again. Yep. Now looking backwards, I know there's the rule. We we you and I got a text yesterday from Ryan Lauder at TaylorMade. I didn't know that it's possible he could have let that ball roll off the green, called in an yep. unplayable lie, put it back where he started and put again and only taken a one shot penalty. Correct. Instead, he took Correct. a two shot penalty because the ball was moving. But to me, and he was asked about that. Yeah, we asked Phil about that, and he said, "Look, he just felt that was the better option because he felt like, um, you know, he wasn't sure if it was going to take two more if he'd be able to get up and down if he had done that." I'm not buying it. I, I, I'm sorry, but the the explanation he gave on Saturday in talking to the media was just bogus. It was flimsy and it was bogus. And I'm sorry. Look, Phil has been incredible ambassador to this game no question about it after he finished his round on sunday he signed autographs for more than 30 minutes he didn't really stop and talk to the media declined to stop um which was ironic because earlier in the week uh there was a little bit of a miscommunication on friday trying to get phil to stop and talk before any of this had happened and um it didn't happen and, and it was more um hey you know uh look i love talking to you guys is actually what he said it, wasn't Phil's fault, but you know. Then on Sunday, he he just bailed out of there. He ejected. He, right. he walked across the, the, the driving range and in the locker room, and, and you know, maybe kind of flippantly asked answered a couple of questions. But later on, uh, did text a, a couple of uh, members of the media saying, you know, probably not my finest moment in reference to Saturday uh, with what he did on the green at 13. But absolutely. The USGA dropped the ball on this by the letter of the law. Yes, they applied the rule by the letter of the law. The problem is Rule 33.7, as I wrote, basically that trumps everything because if, if there's something done sort of against, you know, essentially a serious breach against the spirit of the game and so forth, I mean, Phil ran after that, that putt, that runaway putt, like there was a sale on those mizzen and main button downs. It was ridiculous. Wacker, I'm telling you, it looked like some shit my kid when he was eight did at a putt putt golf course. When you know yeah, it's I mean, gonna, it, you're it's not going to make it, and you just run off and just hit it. And it, it, here's the crazy part: it almost went in. Yeah, it almost goes in. However, well, and, and, his and look, intent was not did, was not within the rules. And, and look, what he did if he had if he had. The, the, it's sort of a two-part problem because there's the action of what he did. And, of course, John Daly did this in 1999 at Pinehurst as the ball was rolling back to him. He was walking toward it and just gave it a big old whack with his putter. And he admitted afterward. He said, look, I was I was pissed off. I, you know, I didn't agree with their setup. So that was my way of sending a message. You know, if Phil had come off and said, look, either if he had said, look, that was my way of, of sending a message to the USGA that their course was – a joke in terms of the setup or hey guys i screwed up um i made a mistake you know it, look it would be different um it, it wouldn't change the fact of what he did right but it certainly his explanation afterward made it really a lot worse um you know trying to say that it was uh using the rules to his advantage i mean that's that's just a loophole that's you know that's some middle school excuse that you give in the principal's office it just it just rang incredibly hollow to me, and Phil rightfully got slaughtered, I think, by the media over it. 
And, you know, a lot of fans, it was very interesting, though, because there's a lot of fans that, that there's not a lot of middle ground on this one. The thing, a lot of fans are really against it and thought he should have been WD'd. Or you had a, a, another segment that really thought, come on, this is no big deal. He, he operated within the rules, um, which, to your point, still gets the pass sometimes for whatever right. reason. Still gets the pass. And, and you brought up Tiger Woods earlier. You know, to Tiger's credit, he always stops and talks to the media after his round. Good, bad, or indifferent, you can count on or I can count on one hand how many times he's he's blown the media off. Tiger would never have done what Phil did on the 13th green, ever. No, no, absolutely. Never. Never would have done that. And and nobody else in the field did either, by the way. Everyone else played the same ridiculous golf course, the same ridiculous pin positions. The other 60-plus guys uh, that were playing, none of them did that. So I'm sorry, he doesn't get a pass this time. I agree 100. percent So let's let's talk yeah. about uh, let's talk about Brooks Kepka. What an amazing! I mean, Boy. when you get yep. down, it wasn't even the ball striking. It was the amazing up and downs he had on Sunday. I mean, ridiculous. Got up and down for bogey. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember what, exactly what hole it was, but he was over the green and the thick stuff. Hit it in the bunker. Save bogey from eight feet, goes to the next hole, drives it in the thick stuff, gets up and down from 70 yards, rolls another putt in. I mean, his putting and short game was ridiculous on Sunday. That's why he's a back-to-back U.S. Open champion. It's amazing. And this one, to me, this this elevated him because, look, Aaron Hills was a place that he could just grab by the throat and just beat into submission. He just pounded driver in three-wood. And, you know, really it was kind of a nothing golf course in that, in, to him in that respect. But, look, Shinnecock Hills, this is this is a classic golf course where you it takes some nuance to, and, and some, you know, you mentioned the short game, the putting, the, some of the creativity and, and the ability to hit some in-between shots. We saw him getting up and down with, you know, 60-yard pitch shots, things like that. So, to me, this, this elevated him. This was uh, – he, he's been an underrated guy. You look at his career in, in the U.S. Open, uh, has not finished outside the top 20. Of course, has won the last two. Uh, he's been good overall in majors. Um, this this is a guy who is uh, elevated to another level in my eyes after this victory. And he's always felt sort of underrated. And um, look, you have to look at look where he came from and how he got to this point. You know, going on, going over to the European Tour and playing in Europe to basically – work his way to the PGA Tour because he tried to qualify for the tour, um, playing in the States, didn't, had an opportunity to go to Europe, took that, and that really elevated his game because he had, you know, playing over there, he's got hit all sorts of shots. You play in all kinds of conditions, much different than the sort of -of run-of-the-mill PGA Tour setup we see on a week-to-week basis. And I I think, um, you know, he has been overlooked, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as guilty of it as, as anybody. And, you know, now he's got a two-time U.S. Open champion. He's a big-time player, and he's going to be around for a long time at just 28 years old. Yeah, I mean, it really was a good tournament. It was good to see Kepka win. It was really the up and downs. The short game, there's so so much goes into talking about his power. And the same with DJ. They, these guys overpower the golf course. And let's be honest, they did hit it a long ways. It's a lot of times I saw DJ hitting driving irons and getting down the hill and having short ap- approach shots in. But ultimately, the undoing of DJ was he missed some short putts, which have become uncharacteristic of him as of late. And his wedge game was not as good as we've seen it in the past as well. And everybody's going to have off days and have off times. But 
we talk about you know the, the so many people talk about the you know the the bowed left wrist at the top and the way these guys overpower a golf course. But at the end of the day, the short game that the two of them have shown is why they've gone from being regular tour players and just hitting it a long ways to both of them winning big tournaments, DJ becoming number one in the world, Brooks becoming back-to-back U.S. Open champions, all is because of the short game they're displaying. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you go back to when Dustin Johnson won in Oakmont. It was, you know, it was the short game. It was the, it, it, he putted pretty well that week, but it was uh, the wedge game. And, and to your point, you know, this week he just didn't, he didn't putt very well. Uh, especially on the weekend, and that cost him. Um, and, and Brooks, uh, you know, played terrifically. Um, yeah, Brooks you know, made Brooks everything on Sunday. I mean, he made yeah. everything on Sunday. I thought that I thought the par putt on eighteen was going to fall. I mean, everything else had fallen. Yeah, I mean, so you know, as much as golf has turned into this sort of bomb and gouge game, which it is on a, a look uh, every week on the PGA Tour almost every week that, you know, that works. Um, but there still are times. Uh, now, look, you've still got to be able to hit it a long way these days. I mean, I mean, you don't see, you really just don't see short hitters. You know, people will talk about Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth is not short. I mean, he averages well above 290, um, and he can, he can get it out there a little bit. But, um, you know, you've got to be able to hit it far. But then in terms of scoring, it's, you know, uh, golf hasn't changed that way. I mean, it no. comes down to short game, being able to get up and down, make putts. That's the separator, and that's what we saw this week. Yeah, I know the ratings were not what they had wanted them to be. I think part of that plays into the fact that Tiger did not play the weekend. Uh, Tiger yep. was really just undone nor, by the nor th- did Nor did many other big names. Right, I mean, Rory or Jason Day. And yep. uh, Tiger's undoing was the first two holes, really. I mean, he was seven over on the first two holes and three over. On the uh, on 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 the other uh, sixteen holes, I mean, he really struggled on those first two. Started out triple uh, bogey on the first day, and then went double bogey on the second day. He really could not get it going on either one of those two holes. Which is amazing because the first hole was one of the easiest holes in the golf course all week, and and here's Tiger, and he and he goes triple double on Thursday Friday, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, half uh, of the shots he gave that. up were given up on that hole. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is this is kind of my point when talking about Tiger is that I feel like, you know, look, he's he's he, he's not sure he can have moments uh, or even a week like we go back to Tampa, um, you know, certainly Bay Bay Hill he played well there and in some other places, but you know, it's it gets exponentially more difficult for him um, in a major championship because of the course, the field, um, the conditions. Uh, his game has, has got to be really dialed in right. to even have a chance of, of being in the top, you know, 20 or 25, which is true of most guys. And, and that's sort of my point is that when he's off, um, you know, he's just another guy. I mean, this isn't the old Tiger who could win with a C game or, or even B game. I mean, he needs the A-plus game to even have a chance to win, and, and which is true of most players. Um, right. Do you think we've Tiger, regressed a little bit? Would you say we've gone backwards? Like, I feel like – we came out no, of the game no, a little slow, and then we no. exploded at Valspar. Things were still high, at, even at, at Bay Hill, and he played well at the players on the weekend. Would you say that maybe we've regressed a little bit, or do you think it's the nature of just the golf courses that he's playing, that these are harder golf courses? No, I, I, I actually don't because two things. I think, one, you know, a year ago, uh, if, if you had said to us a year ago, Tiger's going to do X, Y, and Z, 
Um, I, I don't think any of us would have thought that would have been possible. And remember, this was just his, I believe, his 10th start um, since coming back. So, right. you know, I, look, it's, I mean, he was basically off for two years. He didn't play golf for two years. So, um, Yeah, but the putting is not you know, good but, lately. you, you got to admit, the putting well, is look, off from what it was. But that's going to happen. That's you know he's not the same guy. We can't we can't expect just because his name is Tiger Woods that he's going to start playing like that guy anymore. He's not. I mean, it's just it, look. He's going to have weeks where he goes backwards or doesn't play well because that's the nature of golf. And and look, Justin Thomas won five times a year ago. Right. Um, he's not having quite the season he had a year ago. Now there's still plenty of time to go, but. You know, I don't think anybody would, would say, uh, you know, look, Justin did get to number one in the world briefly, but he, you know, he's not having quite the year he had a year ago. Didn't play well at Augusta, et cetera. You know, these other guys, when, when they ha- when they miss a cut or, or they have an off week and don't contend, it's sort of like, well, that's just kind of how it goes. The same is true with Tiger at this point. He's 42. He's, uh, you know, his game isn't, isn't what it was. It, it's just not. I mean, sure, he can dial up weeks, uh, like, he can dial up some great shots and unbelievable ball striking uh, on, on an occasional week, but we're just not going to see it from him week in and week out, and, right. and we're not going to see him build toward, just because he goes on a run of maybe three or four really good weeks where you can see the game kind of looking really good, maybe being uh, missing just a little part. Uh, we're not just gonna. That just doesn't automatically add up to win. It just doesn't work that way. Right. He's it's he's actually a victim of his of his own past success at this point. We're we're expecting yeah. we're com- yeah, we're comparing absolutely. him to him, which is not fair. Right. Exactly. Right. So let me ask you this. So he's off this week, which I know you're you're headed to the Travelers now. He's off this week. He will play next week at the Quicken Loans Arena. Will we see? A better game? Is that an easier golf course for him? Is it a course he's more familiar with? Uh, is, is there a better chance for him to contend there? Well, two things. First of all, first of all, it's, the, it's actually just called the National. Quicken Loans is no longer the sponsor. Quicken Loans Arena is where LeBron James is uh, is spending his last days. I would imagine. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it, but yeah, no. But look, uh, that it, it goes to uh, TPC Avenal, which is uh, you know they they've bounced around that that metropolitan dc area now for a few years right last year of the event um it's a very weak field he should do well there the golf course um is a golf course you would think he he would do well uh with but again it's not one he's all familiar, familiar with. with in terms of yeah hasn't played there a ton so um you would think he, he would do okay but um you know it, it, look i don't think he's going to miss a cut there um, but is he going to win? I, I don't know. I, I think somewhere in the top 25 is probably um, reasonable to expect and, and maybe even likely. I mean, maybe he even contends there just because the field and the, and the golf course maybe sets up for him well. We'll find out. But um, I, I certainly expect him to play better there than he did at Shinnecock. Right. Let's hope so. So real quick before we go, I know we've got something really cool to give away. Uh, we want to do it very this soon. Awesome. This, is a, this is a good deal, yeah. This is, this is going to be good. So as you saw, uh, actually the last three champions uh, of the U.S. Open, Dustin Johnson and now back-to-back by Kepka, have all played TaylorMade drivers all, uh, all three years in a row. So we've got three years in a row of a TaylorMade driver. We've got a TaylorMade driver to give away, and we also have 
the bag that you saw Dustin carrying, the bag that you saw Jason Day carrying, those bags, tailor-made, special edition, U.S. Open bags, have the baseball stitching on them, have the uh, hot dog lining on the inside of them. We have one of those to give away as well. We will do that in the coming weeks. Going to get with TaylorMade and put both of those in your hands. Some pretty cool giveaways we have coming up. Yeah, that is that is really cool, man. So there, whoever's listening, you're going to have a chance to, to get something really cool here. Um, so uh, stay tuned for details. We'll, we'll have more of that uh, likely on the next podcast. And, uh, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Actually, I'm going to be, I'm actually heading to Alaska soon. No golf in Alaska unless you play ice golf. I'm not exactly sure that uh, there's any of that going on there. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. Um, yeah, but look, you'll get plenty of rollout. Yeah, exactly. There, Put you plenty know. of that. And you're headed to the Travelers this week. Pretty strong field there as well, right? Yeah, this, uh, they've done a terrific job. Uh, this, of course, is a, is a fantastic event. Week after the U.S. Open, they've got the last four major winners in the field i believe seven of the top 10 in the world uh jordan spieth of course winning it last year dramatic fashion hole out uh in the playoff in the bunker so that was really cool you've got rory you've got justin thomas uh jason day uh brooks kepka it's loaded so it it should be really really good um it's a fantastic event they do a wonderful job uh it'll be the complete opposite of the u.s open right plenty of birdies Got a really cool finishing stretch from 15 through 18 where you can see a lot of swings in terms of uh, scores. 15, a reachable par 4. 16, a par 3 over water. 17, a difficult par 4 around water. And then a a cool 18th hole uh, that plays up to an amphitheater uh, finish. So it's a a great event. Um, They've done a wonderful, wonderful job with it. It's uh, near and dear to me having grown up uh, not too far from where the tournament's played, so uh, it should be a great week, and it'll be fun. These guys, you, you will not hear these guys complaining about the course this week. They will very much be looking forward to uh, to being able to make birdie and, and get back to it. Right, good deal. Well, thanks thanks for listening. Appreciate everything. So another U.S. Open in the books. Brooke, uh, Brooks Kapka, back-to-back U.S. Open champion. Two majors in the books this year. We've got a Patrick Reed Masters champion. And Brooks Kepka, your U.S. Open champion. So now we move on. We'll have the uh, the Open Championship, as they call it. I still call it the British Open, but the Open Championship. And then we have uh, the PGA Championship still to go. Um, so we're halfway through the majors in 2018. Wacker, we'll do it again soon. Appreciate it. Enjoy the Travelers, and we'll talk to you soon. I think you've had enough. Playing through. No. Now you've had enough. With Froggy and Wacker. Bitch. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.